How many books have you read in, in your lifetime, Strowbridge? Wow, what a question has dropped on me this early in the morning. Good morning to you too, John. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Jeremy. Uh, at, <laughs> God, uh, maybe 50. Maybe. Really? Oh, that's a good number. I mean, not, 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 not many. Yeah. I read, I read more like towards the end of high school. So I got into like certain stuff. I'm but, ashamed. Um, I'm ashamed that I'm off. ashamed that my number is like so low. Like I probably read like maybe ten. <laughs> I read a, I read a few in the army when I was do, in the army. Did you do read audio books count? Yeah. Oh. oh. That's what I'm. I'm saying half are audiobooks. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes Definitely. sense. <laughs> yeah. So how's every? How's it? How, how you feeling, man? You doing all right today? Uh, I got a hair at my butt, so I'm. What's? I'm ready to rock with this stuff today. You got me inspired. Well, I hope inspired so. and wired. Oh, it's a very inspirational day. Um, well, today we're doing books and literature. Uh, we we separately chose different books that have impacted us in whatever way possible, um, whether we read them or not. Um, what were the four books that you chose for today's episode? Okay. Uh, I don't think we'll show them in any particular order, so I'll just run them off the top of my head. Uh, Arabian Nights, Clockwork Orange, uh, On the Road, and The Divine Comedy. Very nice. Um, I chose The Hunger Games, Handmaid's Tale, Jarhead, and Harry Potter. Good variety. We'll mix everything. Yeah. Um, what made you choose those four? Um, interestingly enough, I chose, well, Jarhead I chose because that was the first book I ever read completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that book while being homeless in New York with my wife. And mm-hmm. okay. that I picked up that book. I had watched the movie before and I was like, let me check out the book. The book itself was, um, there was a lot of stuff that was not in the movie that was in the book. Like I was going to ask you about that. Um, one of the most interesting things about the Jarhead book was that there was a whole thing where Anthony Swafford, the guy who wrote the book, the Marine who wrote the book, where he falls in love with this woman. I can't remember like the whole thing off the bat. Something about him having to leave her behind or they broke up. It was like it was a very intense and I couldn't I can't remember the full context of what had happened between the two. Was that while he was over there? Like he met someone that was like a like an Afghani soldier. It was a, I think it was an Asian woman that he fell in love with. Oh, hmm. And it was um that was one thing that stuck to me, um that stuck to me in the story. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, uh, but yeah, I chose that. <clears throat> I chose uh, the Hunger Games because one, <clears throat> I love the movie, I love the story, I love the concept. I love the world building that it does. And plus, there's going to be a new movie coming out, a prequel um, called The Book Has Already Come Out. It's called a, a so, a, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. 
Um, it's actually the story about Corinelius Snow, the the main villain. And there's actually um, I don't I don't know if it's a show or a movie that's coming out with by Francis Lauren, but there's screen there's are hmm. shots of the project out right now. Um, I chose The Handmaid's Tale. I chose a, a very specific moment in Handmaid's Tale too, because one, it's one of the hottest TV shows out there right now, and two, I think if uh, if we listen to what the Handmaid's Tale story is telling us, it mm-hmm. can it can either you know be something worthwhile that could bring into a real world to to destroy us, or a story that could help save us, you know, to stay away from some of these things that happen in Handmaid's Tale, you know, and uh, and Harry Potter. And I chose Harry Potter because I actually had chose I had I had another book that I had chosen Friedrich, um, and Friedrich was a World War Two story about uh, in the perspective of a German boy who sees his Jewish friend get pretty much like ostracized from the community because of you know his his Jewish traits which was going on during World War II and I was just having a hard time properly depicting what I wanted to see in in the one scene which the one scene that I wanted was um, the German landlord telling his his Jewish tenant that he has to leave you know, like this was a very major part in the book that I can't get that I couldn't get out of my head for years, um, and that was a that was what, oh, okay. yeah, it was something that I was trying to depict, but I couldn't get the feel that I was going for. It, it didn't feel right. I didn't feel like it gave me justice. So I had switched over to Harry Potter because I had saw this morning that the Harry Potter series is getting a reboot on on HBO. Really? Yeah, and that each season is supposed to be a book. Uh, they're, you know, it's a whole new Harry wow. Potter. Sh- yeah, they're they're going to be following the books. Apparently, that's what I'm hearing. So I felt, you know what? Let me do it. Let me do a Harry Potter one. I think it would fit. I think it would be pretty cool to. I love the world that that world especially. Uh, there is a huge lore behind the Harry Potter franchise. Just like and if you notice, like the stories that the stories that we chose were all lore friendly. There is a wide lore with all these stories. Uh, maybe not Jarhead, because mm-hmm. Jarhead is more of like, it's true. It's a true story. And it's said to be the most That's good. the most uh, accurately depicted war tale of, of all time. So, you know, I think it's... Really? Like, yeah. It, it, and if you really think about it, if you watch the movie or read the book, it, it's kind of pretty realistic. You know, it, I mean, that. yeah. I mean, and, not, and I'm not talking about the war is. aspect, but the, the things that oh. happen inside, you know? That, that no one ever talks about. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff reminds me of, like, just straight up boot camp. We went through a little taste of some of that ourselves. We, we, went, through that some, we, went, we went through but... some stuff in boot camp that no one will ever, ever hear. <laughs> you know? Oh, There's a lot of, there was a lot of uh, fucked up things that happened in boot camp, too. But a lot of things I, that we learned from it. We're going to have to do an episode on that one day. <laughs> Uh, so let's get let's get on with it, man. Let's start off. Um, we gotta get people to start reading books again. So let's, I know let's, this let's is a good start. <laughs> so let's see what you got here. Talk to me about this one. 
Ah, doom, 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 doom. I'm gonna take y'all back to the years of the 1950s when beatniks were cool and they were the inspiration for the hippies of the 60s. Uh, I, I actually read this book. Uh, I tried to read it a few times and then I finally read it at some point, but uh, it's On the Road by Jack Kerouac. It's basically the book that kind of started all the the movements of the late 50s and 60s they uh the beat generation if you will i was Sorry. really into that stuff still am that might be one of them uh music playlists that we were talking about that i'll do down the road but uh give you a quick little synopsis of it uh on the road it was a, a novel written by jack kerouac in 1957 it was an autobiographical account of his travels across America in the late 1940s and early 50s. The novel follows the narrator Sal Paradise and his friend Dean Moriarty as they explore the county or country, sorry, meeting a variety of people and experiencing a range of cultures. Along the way, they encounter a variety of characters from the beat generation to the hippie movement and explore a range of themes from freedom and adventure to love and loss. Uh, this novel was a celebration of life and a call to explore and experience the world around us. It is a timeless classic that has inspired generations of readers to take to the open road in search of adventure and self-discovery. And I was one of those. Nice. So, what, was there something about this book that really... You know, what? like, why did you choose this one? <clears throat> Because uh, I'm really, I still am, uh, really got into the, the beat generation stuff. Like, uh, I, I was a hippie, kind of, considered myself like the, yeah. what is that? It would have been a third generation hippie at that point, 90s kid. So I got into the history of it and the background of it. I wasn't just like a superficial, I'm going to dress like it. I want to know about this stuff. So uh, I had a friend that was in college that, took a lot of creative writing, college writing. I think he was going to be an English teacher. And a lot of the books that he would read, uh, I'd ask him about and stuff. It was a lot of good stuff. That was one of them. And um, movies, just anything I'd get my hands on. I really liked uh, William S. Burroughs, the weird guy. He was a weird writer. Did Naked Lunch. They did a movie on that. I believe David Cronenberg did that. Okay. But um, it's just... All this stuff, actually, when we start doing a, a radio show, I can tie a lot of stuff back to the beat generation. Books, music, movies, history, uh, politics, all that stuff is connected. All my, all my useless knowledge will be poured into it and it'll be useful for something. <laughs> I, I, I like this. And this one looks very photorealistic. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, Dean Moriarty and Sal Paradise, yeah. or Jack Kerouac and his real buddy Neil Cassidy. And uh, you were saying you were having issues with uh, Frederick, right? Friedrich. Yeah. Yeah, and Absolutely. that's kind of. I'm glad. I'm glad that you talked about because I, I can show this is kind of my frustration with it, is that it was kind of giving me images of two similar-looking individuals. But I figured, what the hey, we'll, we'll make it a modern piece. Like, okay, what if it was now? So these yeah. are just two guys that would be on the road now. You know, it, it doesn't like really it's... matter what they look like. It's, it's, true. it's the story of just being adventurous and going out and doing something on your own. 
and meeting people as you go. I like that. I like that a lot. Get on my random. So this Ooh, one is one. is <clears throat> so like I said, I chose a very specific moment in The Handmaid's Tale. Now I'm not going to go into nothing full about detail. this book. I've just heard the title of it. Yeah, many a times. I bet you all probably thought I was going to go with the moment where you're going to see the handmaids getting tortured or something, something. You know, but I wanted to go to the end of the first book. I'm not going to give out spoilers or anything like that, but there is a moment at the end of the book where there's a giant time jump, I think a couple hundred years. And so there is this, there's this uh, event called the 12th Symposium of Gilead. And in the, st in how they, say it in the book is that it's like uh, they're studying what Gilead was you know like what was Gilead what, hap what happened down there so this this scene right here is the end of the book where we have a a, a man um, he actually has a name this character let, let me get it for you right now so his name is and this is this is the margaret atwood book right yes this is by margaret okay. atwood uh, where is my, my notes here see i've heard of this story uh, <clears throat> quite a lot over the years excuse me <clears throat> oh, here we go but i didn't uh, realize i didn't realize oh go ahead you didn't realize what i didn't realize it was done in the written in the 80s or pub publicized in the 80s i thought it was much older than yeah, that and the story it goes, just sounds that way you know so like the actual description is like professor pigzetto stands tall and confident at the modern style podium addressing a large audience of students and historians the auditorium is grand with towering ceilings and ornate fixtures the stage is vast and i wanted to have like a, some type of representation of the handmaids in which we see it here with the professor wearing a handmade robe and, you know, like, again, we're talking about the historical symposium of the studies of Gilead. And that's uh, this was a depiction that I had. And I love how this came out. I love how there is a representation of him wearing the robe to show, mm -hmm. to talk about the history of what was going on, to talk about the, the suffering that they had to go through, you know, that these handmaids had to go through. And I think that this is a great um, depiction of the ending of that first book. So how many books are there total? Three? Or? I think there's two of them. Two? Okay. I'll have to check those out. I didn't realize it was like a dystopian kind of future story. Yeah, it's actually... Well, the, the original, I think, was like set in the 80s or something like that. And mm -hmm. what, what's, what's very important to understand about the story is that when the show, it makes it this futuristic, realistic tale that seems like something like something like this can happen eventually, you know? Okay. From, from what I'm kind of reading in the background here, I can see where you're saying this could definitely apply to even nowadays. 
without giving up the story too much. Yeah, I, I see yeah. what you're saying. And so, but yeah, the, the symposium I think is probably my favorite part of the whole book, the ending, because it gives a whole different perspective a couple hundred years after, and it talks about like what people thought of Gilead, wow. you know. And I'm not going to get into detail or spoil or spoil anything, but I think you would ver- be very surprised at some of the things that you read at the end of that book. Mm-hmm. Next one. Hindsight, a hundred years later. Yep. Ah. <clears throat> this is beautiful, by the way. I love this one. These turned out really good. I did, uh, I did, you know, the imagine part, and it gives me four pictures, and I was pleased with all of them, so I blew them all up because I was like, those turned out really nice. This is a depiction or uh, just a picture of Arabian Nights. Um, I've never actually read this book, but uh, I've heard selections from it because I believe it's like a bunch of stories, really. It's all under considered the Arabian Nights. Uh, was uh, They were Middle Eastern folks' tales, yeah, and stories that were compiled in the 18th century. Um, they were comprised of tales told by the legendary... Ooh, I'm going to slash this name up. Shehrazad Razade, a young woman who was married to the Sultan of Persia. Each night, Sheshazad, Zaid, uh, I'm going to just say the yes lady, would tell a story to the Sultan, leaving him in suspense so that he would spare her life. The stories range from magical tales of genies, flying carpets, and magical creatures to more realistic stories of love, betrayal, and adventure. The stories are often seen as a reflection of the culture and values of the Middle Eastern region. And are still widely popular today. <clears throat> and really, all of us know at least one of these stories. Like uh, Aladdin, I'm pretty sure was in there. Prince of the Forty Thieves. Yeah. Uh, I believe there was a book just called Sultan of Persia. I could be wrong. Seems like there was. Um, this is a book... I've kind of been getting, wanting to get into more Middle Eastern history because uh, for the last 40 years I've kind of been more uh, biased to European history and I realize there's a lot more people out there in the world than that. So, uh, yeah, this is <clears throat> a book that I kind of want to check out, actually. So I know very little about it. So uh, this will be a short description on that picture. <laughs> I think the uh, Sinbad the Sailor came from um, that as well. I think Sinbad, yeah. I think Sinbad did come from there. Um, but um, Alibaba and the Forty Thieves was definitely one. Yep. yep. Uh, um, Aladdin's Wonderful Lamp, which is actually the original story. Yeah, no, that this is this one. I love this one because it's it's. The, this, it's like a painting that depicts emotion that is needed. Really like and it sticks to that style. Uh, that that I art I style. For a prompt. I do remember putting Renaissance era, even though I believe this was before Renaissance, but it, it at least gets close to that style of art that was in the books at the time. That was depicted of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alright, next one. Ah, this is my Jarhead one. 
So cool. I went with like a Niji anime style. I could not find. I could, I was having such a hard time with this one, like a hard mm-hmm. time with this one. Um, I wanted a, a speci- I wanted a different scene, but what I actually really like, enjoyed more, more of the oil rig scenes. Yeah. Well, I what I wanted more was more like inside the tents of them getting branded. The scene where mm. Troy gets branded okay. and they find out that he's getting kicked out. Mm-hmm. But they still brand him because he still did the work, did he not? He was basically the the leader. Yeah, you know, Troy, you know, and for those who don't know, Troy, the character, he enlisted into the into the Marines and he got kicked out because he lied on his on his enlistment forms, which, you know, if you are keen to some of the laws, the military laws about that, that's a no, no. But That's not it. before he did two years of service. Or yeah, and, and was and he he <laughs> ended up he ended up in the Gulf fighting a war that you know that they were going to kick him out. And you know this is a real person that we're talking about too. Yeah. You know he was an actual real person. And so I wanted the 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 scene where Swafford and Troy find the oil fields. You know, they're complaining that they've never shot a rifle, that they never shot their guns once at all. And I think that's a very trying, that's a very true story to the military. How there's a lot, there's more people that probably don't shoot their weapons in the military than do. Yeah. You'd and be surprised. Like, so, you go in thinking you're going to do that. And yeah, so I wanted this scene right here to depict the, the moment where they find the oil fields. And with dramatic Niji fashion, uh, it really like exemplified like them being like up close and personal to the oil field and things like that. This one came out so good. I'm very happy with the final look of this. Turned out really cool. Yeah, you ready for the next one? The, the, the oil saturation on the ground. Yeah, you should see yeah. the other ones I had too. There, there was a lot of other ones that I had a good time with that didn't make the cut, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next. 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 Okay. Oh. So I got to go back to the actual root of my inspiration that got me to the divine comedy. Okay. I had a thing, say, 97, uh, The Fifth Element came out, the movie. And I had a huge crush on Mila Jovovich. 95. Was it? Yep, it was nineteen okay. ni- it was nineteen ninety five and I remember this specifically because wow. when that movie came out, um, it was the only uh-huh. movie of its time that had graphics of its caliber and actually looked mm-hmm. that good. Like they found a way to mix the green screen with practical effects and it and it worked. It was it's one of my top five movies of all time. I've Jean Jean Luc something that he does awesome movies. So uh, Mila Jovovich, I got, I got a crush on her, and I, that's the internet just started coming out. So I was able to like do stuff, search for stuff she's done, and she's done music too. She actually put an album out in the '90s, and it was called the Divine Comedy. So I was like looking that up, and then it popped up on you know Google that uh, it was an actual book called the Divine Comedy. And uh, I looked that up. Really? That's interesting. And I I actually started reading it. And uh, here's another weird fact. <clears throat> and this is, I. oh, never mind. I'll just go right to it. So Dante's Inferno is part of this. 
there's like three levels that Dante has to, he's the character in this book that has to go through these different levels uh, okay. to get to heaven. He starts out in hell. I had, I had no they, idea that that was part of the Divine Comedy. I have to do yeah. more research. And they based a video game back on the PS3 from it, the Dante's Inferno. It was a, kind of a ripoff. I didn't think it was, but it was kind of a ripoff of God of War, kind of. And uh, in that game, it's just basically him going through the bowels of hell to find his, his woman. I don't believe he was necessarily had a love interest in the actual book, but you know, in the game, they made it that that way. But there, just all these things came together for me to read this book, The Divine Comedy, and I never finished it. I read quite a bit of it because it's a very older, it's more Greek style poem, you know written that way kind of thing yeah and uh, i was really pleased with this picture definitely because this is in the book that i had of the divine comedy this is the style of art you would have seen just like this uh abyss or all these levels of hell or the art not, style is like very, hell, the it's realm. very classic mm-hmm. it's very classic <sighs> that kind of like terminology book, for it yeah like you you I would, I would kind of consider this like kind of like seventies, eighties art in a way, like some of those old books, like gar- like the Garbage Pail Kids, like that, mm. like that probably mm. the most familiar. Or uh, Frank Frazetta. Or Frank Frazetta, you know, things like that. You know, this is beautiful. You can see all the emotion. All right. The pictures came out very easy for that one too, and I was very pleased with. It. I think that might have been the first picture I started with, actually. Makes you wonder how much. It actually knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it just comes out easy peasy, and then there's other times it's just... Eh. Yeah. It's searching. You can tell it's really searching. Ah, uh, so this one is um, a depiction of the Hunger Games during the Reaping. I wanted a hand-drawn style art. Um, with a with a sepia color to it, kind of like a burned sepia style. Oh. Yep. So what I really love about this is obviously, if you know, in the Hunger Games, they gather in the mornings right before the actual Hunger Games, and what they do is they pull, they literally pull names out of a bowl, and they choose the two competitors for the for the Hunger Games. And right here, this this is a depiction of the citizens of this district. No specific district, just a district. Uh, we could even say that this might even be District 12 by the way that they're dressed. Maybe even District mm-hmm. 8 because uh, D- District 8 is textiles. I know a lot about this this uh, lore, so don't mind me. Um, More of the worker crowd. Yeah, the, the, the worker, lower middle class crowds that are have to participate in the games. And, you know, you got the eagle up there, and that's like more like a statue, like, rep- you know, with the representation of of pan m you know because as you know hunger games has this thing with the mockingbirds they, they use the birds as a symbol for them and i you know i i i love this so this is actually one of my all-time favorite pieces right now i would almost say you said sepia in there but this would almost pass as a wood engraving i think it looks very wood grainy Ooh, interesting like old, yeah i didn't even think about that but that's nice that's really especially nice. On the right, with the first three people there, it looks like it passes like a wood grain. Yeah, and I and, like it. 
with those three people, look at the emotion on the three of mm -hmm. them. They're not happy to be there. No. Especially the one in the middle, but you, there's some determination. There's a lot of emotion in this render here. Alright. Like Next. Next! Um, the one, the, the, so, I mean, please, you look at this and you already know what this is. Yeah, anybody that has been around the last 30 years and has watched movies, probably has got a good idea of what this is, because this is pretty much stuck close to what most people think of when they hear Clockwork Orange. Uh, this book was written by Anthony Burgess. Uh, I'm just going to go based off what I remember. I'm not going to cheat and see what my notes. Uh, but he wrote this. Uh, they made a movie of it back in 71, I believe Stanley Kubrick did. Yeah. So uh, I tried to read this book a long time ago, but uh, just like the movie, the terminology, the language, it's its own thing. So I, I don't believe I ever finished it. Um, I liked how this turned out because this was kind of like how you would see uh, movie photo pictures of uh, Alex DeLarge. He's the main uh, character in the story. He's a young kid who's kind of a punk. He skips school and goes out and robs people and just causes all sorts of mischief. And uh, put in a few prompt. I didn't have to fight this one too much. I just remember getting uh, the four pictures and I was really pleased with them and it kind of gave him a more uh, early 1920s look, not so much a, a yeah. futuristic. And I was kind of liking that. I was like, yeah, what if we changed the era of when Alex DeLarge, you know, was going through this? This could take place in any type of society, really. Well, not any society, I guess, but of a modern society. It can happen. Mm -hmm. It could have happened in the 20s. I mean... What's the guys that was killing people in uh, England back in the day? Jack the Ripper, that was the 1800s, so you could even go back then. Mm. A Clockwork Orange, 1880 style. Hmm. That would work. I mean, everyone, I mean, that seems to be the one thing that people are liking right now. They're going back in time and they're liking all this retro uh, fittings for film and television, and it's working. It's working. Given a modern edge without screwing it up too much yeah yep. I, I like that that was my last one wasn't it yes it was <laughs> and now my last one I made a depiction of the global war of wizards from 8, 1920 to 1945 um, this isn't actually something that's in the book but it's been talked about many times in the Harry Potter books in the lore itself i uh, i wanted to do something sort of, that was sort of like a what if not even a what if like they say that this okay. actually happened okay like they're, they're like oh yeah no this this happened this is something that happened in the timeline but we haven't seen it yet and what i mean i we don't know maybe this is hogwarts in the background but what we do know is that this is a battle between good and evil mm -hmm. You know, good, good and evil, and that's that's what it is. You know that this I want. I went with the Niji anime style. I wanted more anime for this one because I would like to kind of like see a Harry Potter anime 
or manga style version of Harry I'm Potter. I'm surprised they haven't done that. Yeah, you Honestly. know, it, it, it's going to happen eventually. And you know what? If it's out yeah. already, excuse me, you know, but please, you know, please let me know. But I think this one came out really good. We have a lot of emotion. We have a lot of colors. We have a lot of clouds. Um, we see the streaks of the of the wands. We see the three characters pushing the wand. That Niji style, I like that a lot. It's been a minute since I used Niji. I might have to go back to that and see what I... Oh, Johnny Boy. He just gave me an idea for uh, number 30 just to throw in with uh, LF. A little Niji. See what we can pump out with yeah well now there's need g5 you know that you know, so that so let's these mm. books these books are actually very popular i mean we didn't choose underground stories you know we chose very popular uh, i try to go with books. some classics yeah you know so, something that everyone knew about and i was very happy to to do this one it, it, it was actually kind of tough to actually get a, the, the depiction that i wanted the scene that i wanted but at the end of the day we still got it it was a 50 50 that's how i felt like this yeah just yeah. good uh, so next week you guys have been waiting for it we are doing lisa frank lisa we that sounded so wrong. We are we are we are rendering images in the style of Lisa Frank. <laughs> that would have been true to 80s way of saying stuff though. We're next week we're doing Lisa Frank. Dudes, tune in. Oh my tune god. Out, yeah. Search up. You know? Yeah, so and and you know, but we are we are doing beautiful renders of Lisa Frank. Send in send in what you have. You have a whole week. Send in your Lisa Frank uh, images. We'd, we're gonna, we'd love to show them off. Uh, co co join us next week. We have... Did we talk about the next episodes that we're doing after Lisa Frank? Uh, we made up a list, but it, it, I think what we did is what we, we talked... We told the people up to 30. We haven't told them what was after that. So Where up to what, 35? Well, if you don't have it, I think I have it right here. Hold on. Yeah, I lost uh, my notebook. I got it. Oh, okay. So we just did uh, this episode is 29, by the way. Uh, it's books and literature. Uh, number 30 is Lisa Frank. And let me just read the next five after that. Yeah, go for it, man. Let's hear it. Okay. So the episode 31 will be Starfield. Uh, the video game that will be coming out here pretty soon. In September, yep. Yep. And then that's 31. Uh, episode 32 will be Cute Animals. We're going to do some cute animals because Lisa Frank's not going to be enough to have cute animals. Yep. <laughs> so that's, okay, 30, 31, 32. 33 is going to be Nature and Technology. I'm excited Episode 34... Is gonna be Nintendo. Yes, sir. Nintendo. And yeah, number 35. 35. We'll give it to 35. We'll, yeah. Yep. 35 will be The Simpsons. I'm excited. I'm excited. 
variety. Yep. So join us for these next couple episodes, guys. Uh, do you have any final words before we go? Um, enjoy your day, enjoy your weekend, uh, and make make love and art. There you go. Sure. That's right. Go with that. <laughs>